Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is surviving a service with young kids. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. I also happen to be mother to two kids, having sat through many a church service. <laughs> so it is back to school time, and in honor of kids and learning, we decided to take a quick look at surviving a service at a church with young kids. Because mm-hmm. at some point it is kind of a survival thing. Well, and here's where I need to do a disclaimer that I've never had young kids that I have been responsible for in a church service. No, but we do need your perspective as the person up front. Absolutely. And I love working with the kids in the sanctuary. So there's the balance you're getting today, folks. You're getting the perspective of of a non-parent who has never felt the eyes on the back of her head and the parent with great wisdom to share. No, I grew up Catholic, as anybody who's been listening knows, and I grew up with a very Catholic father, and there was a cry room at the church I grew up in, but being the youngest, I don't remember that at all. Mm. I just remember the very glaring eyes of my stern father sitting there in the pew, and there was no messing around. So that's how I was trained to behave in a church. Mm-hmm. What I don't know, and I know that you did not grow up going to church nope. either, from your perspective on the pastor side of thing, is there a cry room generally in most Lutheran churches that you've served? In the churches that I've served, no. Okay. And there are cry rooms in Lutheran churches around the country. And I think that in some congregations, there's more concern about that kind of piece than in others. Okay. We do have a nursery here, and it's the Northeast Indoor Park, so it's a giant playground that the kids really enjoy, so they oftentimes run away and want to go to the park. Mm -hmm. But we do have a cry room here at Central. Yes, it is just right around the corner. Oh, no. No? Architecturally, from the 1950s, we have a cry room. Oh, wow. It's all the way up at the very back of the balcony. Oh, sure. And it's a glassed in, it's a big window back there in the very top of the sanctuary. Yep. That glassed was the in. Old cry room. Yep, yep. That's what I remember. I think my yep. church in my hometown must have been a, a similar age. Yep. In the 50s. And it is now storage room and where the Wi Fi <laughs> signal booster is. Nice. Well, it's still being used. That's a good thing. Right. <laughs> but I think. As an introvert, I'll say that I have looked for the old cry rooms when I've gone to visit churches. Oh, because sure. oftentimes they're empty now. Well, yeah, but you're changing they're still designed attitudes. so you can see and hear the service itself. Absolutely. But changing attitudes in the last 30 years, particularly the last 15, have made it so that the cry rooms are less used and children are more present within the congregation throughout the service. Yeah, this is the one thing that I'm not sure of if it's a part of the country now that I'm living in that things have changed or if it's an attitude in general at church that children seem to be more welcome in the service in any capacity, not just the see and not be heard capacity. And I can't, I can't tell either. Okay. The congregations that are congregations that would call a young female pastor have all 
They're going to have kids. They're fairly comfortable with kids being within the service. Mm -hmm. And so I have served in places where kids have been pretty welcome. I like that. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that a Lutheran church tends to have is a children's sermon, which I don't remember growing up in a Catholic church. Now, I'm going to touch on this, but I'm also going to ask you, should this be its own cuppa someday, or is this something we could just touch on now? I think we could certainly do a cuppa topic on the children's sermon and how we come up with them and those kinds of pieces. It would be kind of fun to talk about. And just to touch on it briefly, I have no idea what the history of children's sermons are. The congregations that I have served have all had them, mm-hmm. but I know that there are other places that don't. So, for example, last weekend when we met in the park, I didn't do a children's sermon. No. And I brought it up during our planning. And the other congregations' traditions didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily something that other denominations do regularly. Okay. Lutheran churches, ELCA churches, we talk enough. Other pastors talk about the children's sermon and Mm -hmm. how to do them, that they're pretty common in our congregations if there are enough little ones to merit that. And I believe they've been around a while because at least I've heard my father-in-law, who happens to be a Lutheran pastor, retired one, he has talked about children's sermons that he's done in the past, and that would be going back to the 70s and 80s. There you go. So they've been around for a while. Okay. We'll finish that topic another day. Now let's get on to the survival tips. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure from the custodian or pastor standpoint if this is a good thing, but from a parental standpoint, food is essential to making it through a service quietly. I think even I know this from the two or three times I went to worship with my grandmother as a little kid mm-hmm. because there was butterscotch involved. Oh, like the hard, hard candy. candies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty standard these days is the slowest doling out of Cheerios <laughs> individually. <laughs> And possibly raisins. Like if you give the kid the small box of raisins and you go one by one, it's amazing how long you can make that last. That's hilarious. So they have to be old enough that those aren't choking hazards, right? That's the beauty of Cheerios. Oh. Because of the O in the middle. Oh. That's that's something you can use very young. Well, there you go. See? Mm -hmm. Learn something new every day. I always, there was a day where there was a guest who was really hungry and I didn't know what to do. And like all these parents started whipping out baggies of Cheerios. Now you know. Now I know. This is a survival technique. The small baggies, excellent technique. <laughs> the other things that I remember bringing along would be quiet toys, like finger puppets and maybe some stuffed animals. But you got to be careful. If it's not a soft pew, some of that stuff can be louder than you think. And one thing that I have noticed is if there are multiple children from a household. Oh, they fight. You can't have items that are dearly beloved. No, no. They have to be like generic items that one or the other child won't suddenly need to be in possession of. Mm -hmm. Because that's when you start to get meltdowns. Like in the middle of the service when it gets really boring for the young ones. Mm -hmm. And the toy gets really fascinating. That's where I've seen some meltdowns occurring. Now, fear not for those of you who are thinking of coming and are not usual churchgoers. Most Lutheran churches that I have seen lately will have some sort of a bag or a tote or a kit specifically geared towards the young kids that will have some paper and some crayons and that kind of stuff if you fail to bring your own. Because those are also excellent items to bring along. 
And you can usually find those outside of the sanctuary door near the ushers. Yes. And you can ask the usher if there is a kid's bag or an activity bag for your young child. They will be happy to give you one. That's right. And many congregations now do have these like bags that are filled with coloring books and crayons and those kinds of activities, stickers. And if you get a bag and all the pages are colored in and all the stickers are gone and the crayons are kind of beat up, report that to an usher. Mm -hmm. They need to know that. They need to know that. Don't just chuck it back on the shelf with all the other bags. Go ahead and turn it into the usher and say, this bag needs tending. May I have another? And that way you get a fresher bag that hasn't just been on the edge. It might be two or three bags back in the hanging line. Mm -hmm. And so it hasn't been used. But also then the ushers and the teams who will be maintaining those will be made aware that it's time to refresh. And they're happy to do so. That's right. We had a great big party last year where we got a grant to refresh all the activity bags. And we had so much fun as a congregation after worship on a Sunday emptying them out and refreshing them. Everybody benefits from these things. It's okay. That's right. Totally. Now, the other incredibly useful bit I'm going to pass along is this was a great place to teach my children what a whisper was. Fascinating idea. Because it's not something that comes up. I mean, you'll get your inside voice and your outside voice. Okay. But to really get a whisper, and most kids think that when you're talking like this, it's a whisper. It's not. (laughs) You need to learn to whisper. That's so funny. Because the cute kid payoff will go a long way. But to the person sitting around you, at some point, it can be very distracting to have a child chattering on. (laughs) But questions. Questions are always welcome. Questions are a good thing. And believe me, kids are going to have questions. And they're awesome questions. Mm -hmm. They're really brilliant. But they're so much more welcome when they're in. You really are. Now, this is going to then lead into once you've passed all this, at some point, your kid's going to get restless and they're going to want to try to leave the pew. Yep. From the parent's standpoint, this is the most frightening thing. This is when the Cheerios have run out and they flip through all the books, they fought all over the toys, and now they want to break free. (laughs) And often this will come during communion which is fine because then you can at least get up and walk with them around right but the thing that i would love to know is what do you do when your child starts running up and down the aisles because again catholic father that's not done i i i don't care as the presider i think it's fun some of my favorite memories of presiding Today, there was a Facebook post from someone from my first call celebrating the 14th birthday of her daughter. And all I can think of is this little two-year-old in a frilly dress with red glitter sparkly shoes 12 years ago twirling in the aisle through the hymns. And I loved it. Is that a typical response from a pastor I don't know. I think it depends upon the pastor. Okay. I think you can probably guess when you meet a pastor how they're going to react. And not all members are going to feel comfortable with it. Sure. Because of backgrounds. But you'll be able to tell in a congregation kind of generally how that's going to be received. Mm -hmm. 
gosh, I love when kids just get to be kids. And I get it when they get distracting, mm-hmm. right? Like I understand there's a point to letting kids be kids and allowing them to wander. And it's totally okay to explore your environment. And this is a safe place and that kind of a thing. And there's another like when they're being distracting and they start noticing that they're being distracting and then they really start to ham it mm-hmm. up, right? I mean, I remember the one day we had a, a young one who was maybe one and a half, two years old. It was her baptismal day. Mm-hmm. And she had been up front, and so she wanted to be up front. She thought it was natural. Thought it was natural. She came up, and she sat on the front steps, and she was starting to get a little distracted. So I just went down and picked her up and held her while I presided over communion. And had I ever been a parent of infants, I probably would have taken the balloon away from her (laughs) um, that she was playing with as she sat on my hip. But, you know, it was beautiful to get to have her there and see from a different perspective, right? And that's totally okay within our context. Mm -hmm. And I know Levin Salt and Light up in North Portland, they have moved the communion table down to floor level, like down to Mm -hmm. floor level so that the kids all sit around the table when they're presiding at communion together. Oh, wow. So they can see better. And that's one piece I think that I would say to parents, one of the ways to maybe help your kids not feel like they need to move all the time, like they're bored Oh, um, sit where they can see. Sit where they can see. Yes. Move up front. My colleague in my first call that I ended with, Zane, he used to say, when you go to the circus, you don't sit in the back row. No. You sit in the front row so you can see the clowns. Sit in the front row so you can see the clowns in the dresses. Yep. Come on, get close. You know, having young families up close where the kids can see over the pews and see the people instead of seeing over the pews and seeing... Backs of heads. Or back ends of people, right, when they're standing. It's a much nicer view if the kids are up front Mm -hmm. and get to see the action and then get to have their questions and make eye contact with the pastor and know that they're seen. We have several young families who sit up front on my left-hand side, Mm -hmm. which is the right-hand side of the sanctuary. And the number of little ones who make eye contact with me during the hymns, sure, it's pretty consistent that all of them will at some point kind of catch eyes with me and then grin and duck back down to their activity, right? Uh But it's that opportunity for them to connect with what's going on up front. Sure. And that's really hard to do. With younger ones who sit farther in the back. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement would be have them come up front closer. And then if they start to feel like wandering or twirling or doing the different things, yes, you're up front and everyone can see. And your pastor might be able to find a way to help in that moment too. Mm -hmm. If you're way in the back, there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. If you're up front close to me, I might be able to do something to help you out. The other tip is that... I have heard from many parents how mortifying and terrifying it is in these moments when the kid wants to break free Uh and how embarrassing it is. And when they're chattering and making a lot of noise or when the baby starts crying or those kinds of pieces, what young parents can't see, I think because of exhaustion Mm -hmm. and all of the other pieces are the grins and the smiles and the delight on older members of the congregation's faces. Yeah, there are a lot of grandparents away from grandkids sitting behind you. Especially in Portland. Mm-hmm. 
especially in this area, right? And a lot of older generations in churches think of kids as the future of their legacy of church. Well, and to be honest, because we don't live near my parents or my husband's parents, there are a lot of older members in this church that I feel are surrogate grandparents for my kids. Absolutely. And getting them to have the experience of being around older generations, I feel is nearly priceless. And the older members, some of them might be frustrated because you're not supposed to let a kid do that. Sure. But the vast majority of them are more along the lines of there's kids in our sanctuary. Yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of grace being given. Yep. (laughs) So let yourself as a parent be open to seeing that joy, even as much as you might see the one set of eyes that are looking at you with a little bit of side eye. Exactly. All right. And I have one more to touch on. And this is going a little bit back to the children's sermon. I do want to throw out a quick warning that we were at a different church uh-huh. and there was a children's sermon. So my daughter went up for the children's sermon. And then after the children's sermon, there's usually you can go back to your seat or you can go down to some sort of nursery area. Mm-hmm. This one, there wasn't really a you can go back to your seat. It was just they were led away to the nursery area. And my daughter, who was not quite expecting this, Big eyes looking back at us as she's being led away to she knows not where. And she was freaking out. Oh. So the people that are leading your children away are not the child catcher. (laughs) They are doing it out of kindness. And just go find your child and Usher will be happy to help you find them. And it will be okay should this happen to you. But I do want to warn them because we were not expecting it either. Right, right. So my husband's like, I I think I better go check on her. (laughs) And thankfully he did because she was less than pleased. Oh, dear. But she made it back to us and all was well. But there are some things that can happen. Just pay attention. Find an usher. You'll be fine. Yeah, totally. And it's completely okay to send your kid to the nursery or not send your kid to the nursery, right? You you might need to find out what the ages are on the nursery because some nurseries can handle a wider age range than others, depending upon staffing and just the facility setup, that kind of a thing. But if your child goes to the nursery or if your child stays in the sanctuary and learns how to participate in worship, don't let the mommy wars get you. Okay. Right? I hear the same kind of self-judgment oh, okay. around having the child in the worship or not having the child in the worship sure. as I do about breastfeeding or not breastfeeding sure. or homeschooling or not homeschooling or organic or not organic or homemade fruit bars or purchased fruit bars. Sure, sure, like sure. All the same ways that we start to kind of judge mm-hmm. our good or bad parenting, which is never necessarily a helpful thing that we do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sending your child to the nursery allows them the opportunity to have a play space and interaction with other people within the faith community and to know that their needs are going to be met and that they're going to be loved and it's a joyful place to play in the house of God. And that's not a bad thing. No. Being in the worship service and learning how to sit through a worship service and to get the rhythms of the music and the liturgy and the pieces in their bones when they're young, that's not a bad thing. No. 
it's just different and it depends upon your child. Mm -hmm. So do what is best for you and for your family and don't let yourself judge yourself on either way. Just do what is right for you in that moment and your family in that moment. Yep. And it will be fine. And if you have a kid in a transition space, we have a couple families for whom this is getting hard because we have the oldest who's well into reading age and, and now is a bit old for the nursery because our setup is really for younger kids. Our staffing is really for pre-reading age. And so the younger siblings are going downstairs and the oldest siblings are staying upstairs. Mm -hmm. If you're in that kind of a transition space, talk to your pastor and clue them in that this is happening and that your needs are changing as a family. Mm -hmm. And that worship needs to be changing to accommodate that new situation and that new grouping. Because it really is a difference. There's mm -hmm. really a difference between when I showed up here four years ago and our 10 or 15 young ones were two and three years old. Yep. And now they're six and seven years yep. old. Time and passes. we still have another five or eight that are zero to threes. Mm-hmm. And the needs of zero to threes are vastly different than the needs of six and sevens, especially in worship and how they hear things and how they interact in worship. So keep your pastor aware of your needs because some of us don't know mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to advocate. And if your pastor gives you flack on it, have them contact me and I'll talk to them. <laughs> My email is pastor Excellent. at centralportland.org. We'll chat. Excellent. Okay, last question. You've got to have a favorite kid story. It's so hard to pick one. I know. There's got to be a million. Well, the twirling in the back of the sanctuary is a favorite. Picking up the young one and presiding with her is another one. There was another Sunday. It was in the kind of fall-winter of this last year when mm -hmm. things started heating up and getting difficult politically and within our community and our sending him was the song about the world is turning sure the world will turn upside down and it's a song that reminds me very much of mary's magnificat mm -hmm. jesus's lullaby and i had gone to the back of the sanctuary and it had been just a hard day and i was tired i was a tired pastor and one of our newer families was in the back and the young one is probably i had baptized her a couple months previous and she's somewhere in the zeros sure right? she's somewhere in the months age and her mom handed her to me and so I got to stand in the back of the sanctuary with nobody looking at me <laughs> nice which is Rare. a nice moment <laughs> and it's a song that I have the lyrics memorized to sure. I don't need the hymnal because I love this particular song and I got to hold her and look at her and sing this song about the world is going to change and justice is coming and the strongest words that our forebears heard, not a stone will be left on stone. Every king beware for justice tears every tyrant from his throne and the world is about to turn, mm -hmm. right? These amazing words that echo the Magnificat and the promise of Jesus and the promise of God. And I got to hold this little girl and look in her face and sing this song to her. And she just stared right back at me and soaked it all up. And her mom just gave us that space to be there in that together. And that that is one of those precious memories I will carry with me for a very, very long time. That is lovely. 
Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about surviving worship with young kids. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And I hope that we will see you and your young children here around Central. If you're in the Portland area, we are kicking off our Sunday school program starting on September 17th. Miss Joellen will be back with us for Sunday school before worship and for story time during our worship time. It's going to be a wonderful season together, and you are always welcome. We love to hear from you, and you can follow us on iTunes, and you can contact us on Facebook or at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.